It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is September 16, 2021. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMB. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk more about player comparisons. We've been doing that a little bit uh, throughout the throughout the couple last couple weeks. Um, we'll talk about the rookies, more specifically, who the rookies remind us of, and refresh some thoughts on Wendell Carter and Mo Bamba as they get set for restricted free agency. That's a big, 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 big year for both of them. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all to check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching the Amazon Download Podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on, I don't know who, I beat the Detroit Pistons in NBA 2K22 to, to get my domination to get my domination done. Uh, you can check out Locked On Pistons to get, get the lowdown on them. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college too, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Don't forget, too, to check out the Locked On NBA podcast. Thursdays on the Locked On NBA podcast, Jackson Gatlin and Matt Moore are telling you whose NBA stock is up and whose stock is down. Follow the Locked On NBA podcast today on YouTube, wherever you get podcasts. Player comparisons, uh, you know, I, I think they're an interesting tool. Um, I think it is a... It's good reference for a lot of people to just have a shorthand for examining players. Um, you know, especially with rookies. You know, not everyone gets a chance to watch a Gonzaga. Not everyone gets a chance to watch all those games. There's a lot of games and a lot of prospects to review, and so I think there is some value if it's from a scout or a person that you trust. I think there is some value in in uh, going to some shorthand comparison of who a player might be or who a player reminds you of. Um, there are always caveats with this, and a lot of them there. You know, unfortunately, I think there are some some racial caveats that you have to be worried about when it when it comes to comparisons, um, but. I think that that it has some use. Um, you know, we've done this player. We did the player comparisons for the for the for the sophomores earlier in the week. Um, and you know, I tried to to look up more statistical based comparisons like five thirty eight. Um, but the reality is, with especially these young players, there's just no data um, to help us to help us kind of get a, a sense of what comes next or who these players are or uh, get a sense of where they're heading. And certainly by the time you reach the end of that rookie contract, as Rob Hennigan used to say, 
Um, you kind of know who players are going to be. You kind of know who they are already. Um, so we'll get to some more kind of hard and fast comparisons later on in the show. But I, I do think that, that these player comparisons, or at least th- thinking about this, helps give us a little bit of a framework of, A, what other people think of these players, um, especially with some of these Magic players who maybe don't get the spotlight, just, just having a sense of who they who they might, might remind people of, um, sets a kind of ceiling and a floor in a lot of ways. Now, obviously Jalen Suggs um, is someone that a lot of people are very, very high on. You will not find many bad words about Jalen Suggs online. Um, you know, during the draft process, I, I don't think I saw any, you know, frankly, I, I don't think I saw any weak people like examine weaknesses. Maybe he wasn't a good enough playmaker. Maybe he wasn't, uh, you know, maybe he was too much of a jack of all trades. But at the end of the day, everyone had Suggs in their consensus top four. This this quickly became a four-player draft. And I think a lot of a lot of draft scouts and draft analysts and people who study the draft exclusively are shocked that Toronto ended up taking Scotty Barnes over Jalen Suggs. I, frankly, I'm still shocked by it. Magic fans were rightly ecstatic to get Jalen Suggs. And, and there's just so much to dig into Jalen Suggs. And we're just eager. We're, frankly, we're just eager to see him out on the court. We're eager just to get a taste of him again um, after what we saw at Summer League. And, and frankly, what we saw at Summer League was really, really impressive. Um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that in the coming weeks. But frankly... I, I was so blown away by how good Jalen Suggs is and how good Jalen Suggs played for this Magic team. Um, there's there there is a lot to be excited about when it comes to Jalen Suggs. Um, you know, fourteen point four points per game, five point three rebounds per game, four and a half assists per game, with a fifty five point eight percent effective field goal percentage at Gonzaga, fifteen point three points per game, six point three rebounds per game, two point three assists per game uh, during summer league in just three games, and of course. Those numbers skewed by a 12-minute outing uh, in his third and final game of Summer League. Um, Suggs is someone that this Magic team is going to build around, and they hope that they can build around for a long time to come. Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer uh, compared Jalen Suggs to Brandon Roy, Chauncey Billups, and Jabal Murray. Um, I don't see him as quite the kind of point guard that Chauncey Billups is, but Honestly, you watch Jalen Suggs play, and yeah, he does kind of look like a smaller Brandon Roy, which is really scary. Before Brandon Roy's knee injuries, Brandon Roy was one of the best scorers in the league. Um, you know, he was just a six a six six guard who could just get anywhere on the court, get any shot he wanted, hit big shots, finish at the rim, essentially play point guard too. This kid that he was really good. Brandon Roy was really good, and just. Really bad knees, just really bad luck with knee injuries is what ultimately cut his career short, which was well on track to enter the Hall of Fame and, and be one of the best players in the league for a very, very long time. Uh, um, if Suggs can even be a hint of that, just wow. Just wow. Um, and again, of those three players, you know, that Kevin O'Connor or Ringer, you know, kind of compared him to, Jamal Murray's the worst. And if the Magic end up with Jamal Murray, that wouldn't be terrible either. Jamal Murray's a really good player. Should should be an all-star. If it weren't for how competitive the Western Conference was, he probably would have been. The bottom line is the Magic got a really talented player. Um, I, I don't want to oversell. I don't want to set expectations so high for this kid before he even plays a game. But damn, man. I, I, I can't describe how excited I am to have Jalen Suggs in Orlando. Um, 
Like, like I mean, I think I've told, I think I've said this on the pod. I've said this elsewhere. I know Jalen Suggs is the best guard prospect the Magic have drafted since Penny Hardaway. Challenge me on that. Like, I, I can't think of another guard the Magic have drafted that's this exciting. Um, he's probably the best guard, you know, just prospect in general the Magic have had, you know, since Victor Oladipo at worst, since Tracy McGrady, honestly, at best. Um, there's The Magic just have not had many perimeter players like him. I mean, my you know, my, my favorite stat or fact that I kind of, you know, put on people... The, the Magic have had you know, a very select number of players to average 20 points per game in a season. The last guard, so the last non-center to average 20 points per game or more for the Magic was Steve Francis. It's been a long time since the Magic had a guard like this. Um, they certainly hoped it could have been Vince Carter. You know, you know, certainly certainly that was a dream. You know, Jimmy Nelson got close. Hito Turkoglu was, was close to averaging that 20-point-per-game mark. They've had good players on the wings, and obviously Victor Oladipo's Became an all-star. Evan Fournier had a really nice run, but Jalen Suggs is talent-wise in a class by himself. So I, I don't think we need to dwell too much on who Jalen Suggs is. I think his ceiling is pretty high, and I think there's a lot of big expectations for him. Franz Wagner, on the other hand, I think is a little bit more of a mystery. I don't think a- a- anyone quite has a feel for who Franz Wagner might be, and. And this is where I think there's a little bit of a risk in, in the pick that the Magic made. Certainly, uh, we characterize Franz Wagner as a relatively safe pick, uh, as a guy who uh, you know, knows his role, plays his role, isn't going to really you know, bust out of it, isn't going to be an all-star caliber player, is just going to be a solid role player and a fill-in starter um, in a lot of ways. Averaged 12.5 points per game, 6.5 rebounds per game at Michigan last season with 34.3% field goal percentage from beyond the arc. Summer League, despite his shooting struggles, he still averaged 8 points per game and 3.8 rebounds per game. Not super worried about his shot from Summer League. I think that'll come around. The question is, can he get it off uh, in the NBA? The player comparisons that I found for Franz Wagner. Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer listed Lamar Odom, Danilo Gallinari, and Xavier Tillman. I don't know if any of those three fit him really, really well. I'm I'm, going to have to disagree with Kevin O'Connor. Again, does a great job with the draft stuff at the Ringer. Lamar Odom, if he could become a little bit better of a playmaker and ball handler, I think there's certainly some some something there. Um, certainly, kind of skill-wise, height-wise, there is a little bit of something there. I don't think Wagner is quite the playmaker that Odom Odom was. I don't think he's the shooter Gallinari is, and he's not as big as Xavier Tillman. The more interesting comparison I found though was from NBA Draft.net. NBA Draft.net, and again, you know, like I like them. They're they're good for some shorthand. Um, they're good just for kind of taking a snapshot of things. I, I know that some of their player comparisons can get a little ridiculous, but um, this one was actually, I thought, really on point. NBADraft.net compared Franz Wagner to Nemanja Bialica. Not a bad comparison. I think Wagner's a little bit more mobile than him, um, and, and I think Bialica might be a better three-point shooter, but if that's his floor, that you know, again, do you want the eighth pick to be Nemanja Bialica? No, but if that's his floor... Bialica has been, uh, you know, end of, end of the rotation player for a while, so, so at least you get some use out of him. More interesting, though, Mike Dunleavy Jr. Um, some people might think that's a little bit of an insult, but Mike Dunleavy Jr. carved out a, a 10-plus year career in the NBA. He was a starter for 10 years in the NBA. Um, and yes, I, 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 I hear you there. Two white guys, you know, I, I, I get that. Um, you know, I, I, think, I do think that there's something to that. Um, and, and so I don't want to. I don't want to go around uh, not acknowledging that and, and acknowledging that. But 
Dunleavy was a solid athlete, good playmaker, just solid kind of glue guy. Um, you know, he didn't wasn't a lot of flash. You know, didn't score in like kind of dramatic highlight real ways, but he was really solid uh, all around. And, and I do think that I do think that that's a really good comparison for Franz Wagner. If Franz Wagner can be Mike Dunleavy Jr. Um, again, able to finish around the basket, able to hit from the outside, facilitate. You know, not necessarily play make, but facilitate the offense, play strong defense. That's a really good career for Franz Wagner. That's a really good picket. I mean, maybe not a really good picket eight, but that's a solid picket eight. Um, and I think Wagner can get there. I do think Wagner can get there. I do think that that's kind of what, what the Magic have in mind for a guy like Franz Wagner, or what 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 the appeal of drafting him is is this hope that he can just be a solid starter or solid rotation player for the next decade. Um, I think that's really what, what the Magic were after and what teams that were interested in Wagner were after, this belief that he can be at least that. Obviously, that's not a super high ceiling. I still get a lot of people asking, why did the Magic spend the pick on Wagner when there were other players that seemingly had higher ceilings? And, you know, I can't disagree with all that. Um, I don't think Wagner is the place I would have gone with that pick, but um, I do think Wagner will be a solid and interesting player. So I'm, I'm definitely... Uh, I'm definitely not against the Wagner pick. I'm definitely not. Uh, I'm definitely not um, anti-Wagner at all. But there's definitely something to be said um, about some of the player. Some of the there's definitely something you said about these player comparisons uh, and what people view of Wagner. We'll talk about Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter and, and their contract situations uh, as they enter this critical restricted free agent season. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first. This podcast is brought to you by our pals at DirecTV. Now, does, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for those premium movie channels that you just don't want to pay for. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Like I said, when it comes to player comparisons, there, there's at least some data available for some of these players and, and for some some of the some of these teams. Um, well, well, you know, Basketball, Refer- Basketball Reference does a great job. They have player similarity scores, which looks looks at win shares to determine kind of player uh, comparisons, and and those really kick in after players sign their second contracts so after their fourth year. So we don't have them for the two players we're going to discuss next, but. 
for no player is or for no stage of a player's career is a player comparison or is having some sense of value more important than this stage uh, when you're coming off that rookie contract that discount contract um, the way NBA contracts work is if you're drafted in the first round you sign a two-year deal with team options on the third and fourth year and then after the fourth year you can become a restricted free agent, which essentially gives the team that drafted you or holds your rights at that time the ability to match any contract you are offered that offseason. Um, so essentially gives teams eight years of control over their draft picks. Um, essentially, when you draft number one, you've got eight years to build yourself into a contender before that player will before that player can really make the decision to leave and, and enter unrestricted free agency. The Magic acquired Wendell Carter. Uh, in the third year of his career. So this will be his fourth year, his final year under his rookie contract. Then he becomes a restricted free agent. Matt Moore of the Action Network reported earlier in the summer that league executives around the league expect the Magic to uh, come in with an offer for Wendell Carter uh, somewhere in the $17 million per year range and actually extend him before the deadline. That deadline is usually set uh, October 31st. Um, So end of October will be that deadline around the time the season actually begins. So we got a little bit of time before then. I was skeptical of this report. Um, I think Carter is, while a very nice player and a very solid player, as Josh Robbins of The Athletic uh, revealed in his interview of, of scouts from around the league. Um, well, I think I agree with that assessment that Carter is a solid player. Um, he's struggled with injuries. He struggled to stay on the court. And frankly, he just doesn't have maybe the reputation with the Magic or, or the, uh, the familiarity with the Magic, and especially considering what they're trying to build. Uh, I find it hard to believe the Magic will commit to that kind of salary at this juncture. Doesn't mean they won't. That doesn't mean that I don't think the Magic will resign him next summer. But I find it hard to believe that now is the time to take care of that. Um, if the Magic are going to pay for him later, play for him now, they'll pay for him later. And, and I think he has still has a lot to prove. Uh, and I personally, if I were Wendell Carter, I would be trying. I'd be saying, you know, that seventeen million dollars is great. I think I'm $20 million, and I'm going to prove it to you. Um, and again, that's not a negative thing. That's not. I don't think that would hurt the Magic or make him feel uh, feel like he's out. He make him feel bad that the Magic wouldn't offer that to him. I think that yeah, $17 million is a bit of an overpay right now, but you overpay to keep him from hitting the market where he might get even more, um, especially if he pay if he plays well. Again, I, I'm not putting the mag- that past the Magic, but the question then becomes. Well, who is Wendell Carter then? What kind of player is he? Um, We've obviously seen him a little bit. He's a solid defender, uh, a decent rebounder, an offensive player that's still got a lot to develop and a lot to do, but he sets solid screens. He does a lot of little things that work between the margins. Um, My personal comparison that I've made to him is Derek Favors. I think that if he could carve out Derek Favors' career where you know, he's a spot starter. He, ha- you know, is, is a really solid defender. You know, I, I'd still think his best role ultimately for uh, for a championship contending team is probably coming off the bench um, where he'd be a, a really good backup center for a team. Um, but yeah, he certainly could be more, certainly could still develop into a whole lot more. 538 had some player comparisons for him using, uh, uh, they use victories over replacement player, so VORP. Um, and they use they use a uh, their, their formula is a little is, is certainly it it's certainly interesting. I, I again I don't think you should take it as gospel, but the three players that they compared him most to were Daryl Dawkins, Demontis Sabonis, and Jonas Valanciunas. And I, I, again, 
I don't think those fit perfectly. Um, I think Carter's more mobile than Valanciunas. Certainly not the dynamic athlete on either end that Daryl Dawkins was. Although I think it was a later version of Daryl Dawkins who's a little bit more earthbound. Um, and I don't think he has the passing and versatility of DeMontis Sabonis. So again, this is looking purely at VORP uh, as well as some other statistics and 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 height and height and weight specifications to try and find players who had similar seasons to him or similar kind of season seasonal progression to him. Um, and so that's where things fall into place. What is interesting about uh, 538's, um, 538's uh, uh, player comparison is they do put monetary value on things. And they have Wendell Carter with a five-year market value of $42.9 million. Again, roughly $8.6 million per year. To me, that is a high quality. I mean, that is not a six-man type player, but that is a high-quality bench player. That's essentially what, that's a little bit more than what the Magic were paying DJ Augustine back in the day. Uh, that's essentially the mid-level exception, which is what the Magic paid uh, Al Farouk Aminu. And again, it fits my personal comparison for Wendell Carter that he is sort of the Derek Favors level. You know, again, spot starter. You don't mind him starting if you have to, but on a championship team, he's probably better as a backup center coming off the bench. That tracks more with that than the $17 million number we saw earlier in the offseason. At the end of the day, Wendell Carter still has so much to prove. Um, he's not played more than 55 games in any season, so he's got to prove that he can be healthy. Um, and certainly the Magic kind of maybe fudged that number, holding him out of some games late in the season, because when Wendell Carter played, the Magic tended to play better. He was a significantly better and more reliable defender than Mo Bamba, um, and certainly a better and more versatile defender than Nikola Vucevic. So he made the Magic's defense a whole lot better, and I think it would behoove the Magic. I think it would be smart for the Magic. I think it would be smart for Carter to let him play out this year with the understanding that we will negotiate and we want to keep you, and we'll see if something makes sense at the end of the season, and 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 hopefully avoid restricted free agent free agency and and all the mess that comes with that. Frankly, this is the issue with both Carter and Bamba. Both need to play. We really don't know anything because both haven't played. And that's really what this is going to come down to for the Orlando Magic to see what they can get from when, from Wendell Carter because the issue with these guys are we don't know. They haven't played enough to really let us know who they are. We've talked about Mo Bamba a little bit in the past couple of weeks. We'll talk about him again a little bit more coming up here in just a moment. But first, did you know Built Bar has so many delicious flavors. We talk about them all the time, whether it's coconut, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. It doesn't matter. I can tell you all of them taste great because I've had most of the flavors that Built Bar has to offer and I've never been disappointed. So if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine currently available flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy too. Check out these macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180 calories, so they're not breaking your calorie bank. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, so all the gold medals were fueled by Built Bar. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15. Again, use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Today's podcast also brought to you by our pals at BetOnline. Bet Online is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on to start another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this year. With a new updated site and interface, 
Even more odds, props, and contests, betonline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100 to take advantage of this deal. From football, basketball, boxing, to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. talked a lot about Mo Bamba uh, uh, last week or the week before uh, when, when that report kind of came out about, or when uh, Josh Robinson at The Athletic did a, story, did a story with the scouts about Mo Bamba and this question of motor. And I, again, I've always kind of questioned this idea of motor. I, I don't know what it means. Um, I, I think it's a kind of backdoor way of questioning his effort, um, which I never questioned his effort. Um, it's more about the, pro- the speed at which he's processing the game and, and kind of his comfort an ability on the court. Um, so I, I, I just, I see those things as two very, very different things. Um, but the question then becomes, so who is Mo Bamba? Um, you know, we're coming up with him at the end of his rookie contract. And obviously, this is a really big year. Um, he's been shortchanged a lot, um, mostly because of injury. Injuries were the, the story of his first two seasons. Um, you know, uh, right when he was really picking up pace and right when he was really looking comfortable on the floor and, and making an impact, uh, he hit a snack with COVID. Obviously, the season stopped because of COVID. He got COVID, struggled to overcome it, and then just kind of got buried and forgotten on the bench. Um, he's just the Magic were just in a position where suddenly they were contending, they were fighting for playoff spots, uh, and Steve Clifford just didn't trust that decision making from Bamba that I talked about earlier. Um, I think that that Bamba became a victim of kind of the changed circumstances of the Magic. He needed a place where he could go out and make mistakes and. A big thing that, that I would say about Lobamba is he needs the freedom to make mistakes. He needs the freedom to learn from those mistakes. Um, but again, it's still on him to make sure he's not repeating those mistakes. And I think no player stands to benefit from the Magic's coaching change more than Mo Bamba. So, who does Bamba compare to? Um, 538's, again, victory over replacement players comparison, compares Bamba to Jordan Hill, Robin Lopez, and Thon Maker. Not a world-beaters group there. Robin Lopez, obviously the Magic signed, so there's that going for him that he can learn a little bit from Robin Lopez, who not nearly as athletic as Mo Bamba has really carved out a solid career as a screener, as a defender, not necessarily a great rebounder, but just a guy who just does the little things. Um, so coming off the bench, you know, I, I really like the Robin Lopez signing. I think it's a good signing for excuse me, for Orlando. Um, and so I, I'm eager to see what he can bring to the team. Another comparison was Thon Maker. Again, another kind of mercurial uh, shooting big man with length, uh, also drafted by John Hammond. Um, but Thon Maker hasn't really made it in the league. Um, just never could stay. Again, he couldn't stay healthy, couldn't stay on the floor um, despite his length and shot blocking. Jordan Hill was much more of an energy guy. Um, played with, you know, played with a lot, you know, if you want to say motor, but played with Played with a lot more outward energy and effort than Mo played with, but was ultimately not nearly effective either. Obviously, Bamba, because he hasn't been great on the court, produces comparisons to players who haven't been great or haven't produced a lot of numbers on the court. But the fact that Robin Lopez is in there and Robin Lopez has carved out a 12-year career does suggest that Bamba can still save himself. That Bamba still has the signs or, 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 or the signals 
that he can still be a quality player. And again, this year is going to be go a long way. If Bamba has a bad season, he will not be back in Orlando. If Bamba has a bad season, he will find it difficult to find a place to play. Someone, I, I do think someone will give him a chance, but really what Bamba needs is opportunity. He needs to play. He needs a chance to make mistakes. He needs a chance to show that he can grow and improve. And frankly, the end of last season showed that he can do that a little bit. After the All-Star break, uh, after the trade deadline, excuse me, Bamba averaged 11.1 points, 7 half rebounds, and 1.6 blocks per game. All signs that if you give the guy time, he will produce counting stats at the very least. Was the Magic's defense better with him out there? It's hard to tell because he was put out there with some really bad lineups anyway. Bamba just needs consistency. Consistent playing time, consistent faith, and just the consistency to know if I make a mistake, I have the chance to recover. I have the chance to learn from it in real time. That's always been the thing that perhaps Bamba has missed. But it's never easy. And obviously for both Carter and Bamba, a lot is on the line this season. That's going to do it for our player comparison series. And that's going to do it for us today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Search or tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of the places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore me. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Be sure also to check out the Locked on Bets podcast. Betting on the NBA doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for me, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. For Orlando Magic, Daily Locked On Magic, this is Ross See you all again next time for another episode. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.